Good morning. Buongiorno, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from the Chicago area. Uh, today is Thursday, June 18th, 2020. Today we are reading from the Big Book. We are currently on page 163, the second paragraph, which begins, we know of an AA member. We're going to read the one paragraph only. Uh, today's readers, we have Anne Marie M. on the uh, 12 steps. Samantha H. is going to tell us about the 12 traditions. Uh, and the readers of the text are Reva P., Leon B., and Martha Z. And then the newcomer greeters, Vanita L., and then Jody E., she got up early out in California to host the second hour here. The share ID for Wednesday, uh, June 17th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, uh, that number is 14,825. That's 14825. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 14,826. 14826. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone except Harlan who wants to stop eating compulsively. <laughs> there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Uh, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, they can recover through abstinence, and then the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And so Anne-Marie M. is going to tell us about this program of action with the 12 steps. Hey, Anne-Marie, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well today. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate you. The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, are entirely ready to ha have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I didn't say who I was or where I was from. This is Anne-Marie M. I'm in South Carolina, gratefully recovered from compulsive overeating. Thank you again, Larry. 
thanks, Anne Marie. Appreciate that. Okay, traditions, traditions. Um, Samantha, uh, sorry about that. Samantha H., would you read the 12 traditions for us? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Samantha H. Don't ever be sorry. I love Fiddler on the Roof. My name is Samantha H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor from New Jersey. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. The uh, personal recovery depends upon OOA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, our only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Samantha. Okay, here's how this mess uh, works each morning. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Uh, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months, and there is absolutely no uh, requirement for abstinence for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request, however, that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying, you know, I think I'm done sharing. Um, Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we We resume our study of the big book. We are currently on page 163, the second paragraph. It begins, we know of an AA member. And Reba's just going to read the one paragraph only and comment on that. So let me now ask Reba P to begin reading. Hey, Reba, good morning. Hey, good morning. 
I am Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. We know of an AA member who was living in a large community. He had lived there but a few weeks when he found that the place probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any city in the country. This was only a few days ago at this writing, 1939. The authorities were much concerned. He got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? So I'm Reva, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm not a historian, but I know that this paragraph refers to Hank Parker. And I know that um, one of Hank Parker's big contributions was the fact that he was a real agnostic. And he really advocated that um, we add God as we understand him into the uh, big book and the 12 steps. And you know what this reminds me? The power of one. The power of one. And this is a demonstration of the above paragraphs um, because one person who has put the food down and has worked the steps, um, it says, has all that they need to begin. And thus we grow individually and thus we grow as a movement and a fellowship and a program of recovery. And in the paragraphs that follow, it shows how he started this ripple effect in that town um, by sharing the workable method. And what was the workable method? It was the 12 steps um, based on the twofold nature of this disease. And you know, when I came in, there was one man, one man who used to always greet new people at the door. Like what a small little thing. And he put his arm around me and told me I belonged there when nobody in that room was of my generation, nobody was the same size as me. I really didn't think I belonged. And that one person helped me keep coming back. And never to underestimate the power of one. Though I feel jittery and scared, um, I need to not underestimate carrying this message um, and who I touch. I'll never know. I plant seeds um, and we just never know where those seeds sprout. Um, so yeah, this is a demonstration that we carry the message. This is our vision individually and collectively because I have just now tapped a source of power much greater than myself. And as long as I'm willing to bear discomfort and do what I really don't want to do when I know it's the right thing, and I have patience to wait for results, which is one of the hardest things, and I do the work, um, I too can grow individually and create and duplicate this ripple effect. And with that, I pass. Reva, thanks for getting us started on that. Reva read uh, uh, page 163, the second paragraph, and <clears throat> commented on that one <clears throat> paragraph only. Now, although we, we love you, we do, we love everyone here, we ask that you uh, limit your sharing to every third day. I don't, I don't have my abacus. I don't know what that means, which day, but in, any, in, in order that others might share their experience as well. So um, who would like to share on what was read? My name is Larry G. from uh, California. Uh, we, Larry, we don't accept. We, there's only one Larry here. 
No, I'm kidding. My name's Larry, too. Larry, I got you in there. Thanks so much. Who else would like to share? Lisa B. Lisa. That's L-E-S-A if you're keeping score. Who else? Barbara. Larry and Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Who else? Hi. Good morning, everyone. Hi, I just wanted to ask what it was that was read. Harlan G. Harlan, yeah, let me let me read that. Uh, Harlan G, uh, page one sixty three, the second paragraph. It begins. We know of an AA member, and we're commenting on Great, that. So so far, much. we got we got uh, the we got Larry G, we got Lisa, we got Barbara, we got Harlan G. We got one more, a couple more. Sparkle O. Sparkle. Okay, Sparkle. Anybody else? That's a good. That's a good group. So, Larry, nobody names anybody Larry anymore. Hey, Larry, good morning. This is Larry. Larry, press star one if you would. Larry. My name is is Larry G. I'm a recovering compulsive eater in California, aspiring to be recovered. Um, I want you to hear the conviction in my voice uh, on... On Sunday, or it was uh, May 17th, um, I was calling out to God. I was like Bill Dotson in A Vision for You. I felt like I was a goner. Uh, But I called um, this woman that was a keynote speaker at our OA birthday party. Her name's Rachel. And I heard something back in January that I had never heard in my OA community. She ate the way I ate. She thought the way I thought. She behaved the way I, I behaved around food. And I called her on, on the 17th, and she told me to get on this meeting. And today I'm celebrating 30 days of absence. I've been coming to OA since 1988. I have been a chronic relapser, some success in, in OA, some failure. I've been on this call, uh, not this call, but the, the 10 o'clock call every day since the 17th. Um, I, for the first time in my, my association with OA, I believe that today I can abstain entirely from uh, compulsive foods and compulsive food behaviors, just like I've abstained from alcohol for 40 years. I've never felt this way before. I have found a home here. I hear people, the electricity on this call, the vibe on this call. I hear the strength in people's voices. I've never heard before, and since 1988, people introduce themselves as recovered. And I've studied the big book, and I didn't realize that there was 20 times that Bill W. mentioned recovered in the AA big book. I'm recovered in AA. I'm a recovered alcoholic, but I never thought it was possible to recover in this program. Uh, you people have saved my life. Um, on the 17th, I called out to God and I said, if there is a effing God, I need your help. I'm a goner. And just like Bill Dotson, I picked up my bed. I've walked out of the hospital and I am a free man. I'm working with Rachel today. She is a member of this program. Uh, we are studying the big book. We're going through right now um, uh, more about alcoholism. And I am so looking forward to be recovered so I can reach out and help the compulsive eater who still suffers. My name is Larry G. from Northern California. Uh, I love you all. I'm out. Hey, Larry, we're so glad you're here. 
Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate your comments. Next up, we have Lisa B, followed by Miss Barbara. And Lisa spells her name. I'm going to do this for you, Lisa. L-E-S-A. I always mess it up. Good morning, Lisa. <laughs> so funny. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you so much for your service and for everyone that is here. I read this line, this passage um, this morning, and I was looking at it, and this whole reading of this chapter has been great for me because the paragraph before, you know, we're encouraged to have willingness, patience, and labor. And I never even saw that before when I've read this chapter. So I keep learning new things. So building on that willingness, patience, and labor, and patience is not a favorite word for me. It's up there with self-pity. I don't, I don't like that word patience but we're studying the next paragraph and what i got from this looking at it um is that it says we know of an aa member we know of a member living in a large community well we have such a huge fellowship and that if i'm struggling with a problem i just need to reach out and some fellow will say to me guaranteed i know of someone that has struggled with that let me give you their name and number and that's why i love the power of the fellowship that's what i i got from this that if there's something i'm struggling with someone else has dealt with it and i could hear their experience strength and hope if i'm just willing to do the footwork and find them and learn and learning from the people that have before me in sponsorship and in working with others I call members on this line and I'll give them challenges that I'm having with sponsees and I'll hear their experience strength and hope but the biggest thing that I get from this paragraph is that that energy that's inside of me that's that I've tapped into, that I now have a relationship with power, that's going to be my greatest source. But I don't have to do it alone. I can talk to others and hear their experience, strength, and hope. But I love where it says, so he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? And that reminds me of um, another fellow on this line often shares, encourages us to develop an elevator, um, <clears throat> an elevator synopsis or brief description of what this is like what is this that I who am I what is my problem what is my solution that I'm recovered so that when I'm talking with a medical professional I feel competent in how to say it you know practicing that that little speech that elevator speech and even having that elevator speech for the the new future members that I'm going to meet like in this town there's so many of them there I want to learn how to present what the problem is, what the solution, what happened to me, but say it in a way that is not going to scare them or they're going to look at me like I have two heads. But um, I just wanted to share that, that this is a miraculous program. It's not a magical program, but it is miraculous. And I can stay plugged into that fourth dimension, which is outside of time and space, where miracles happen on a regular basis. And I need to be open to believing that because the illness of compulsive overeating wants me to believe that this is truly impossible. How is this going to happen? How is this going to manifest now with working with others and trying to plant seeds in this town? And all I could do is plant the seed. I have to let go of the results. And being free of self, not worrying what, how I look or if I sound stupid, that's where that third step prayer comes in because I, I do fall victim of that a lot. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we have Barbara followed by Harlan. Memories like the corners of my mind. Hey, Barbara. 
<laughs> have rendition, right? I'd like to sit next to you at a dinner party. You have to be a, a hoot. Well, knowing when to walk away for me is wisdom. Being able to is courage. And walking away with my head held high is dignity. For me, the three A's, awareness, acceptance, action, and I'll even throw in patience because I am not a patient person. How many times have I lowered my head, averted my eye, slinked away quietly from people, places, and things out of shame, standing in line at the grocery store or convenience store, overweight, buying junk. I have felt the stares of the people around me. Heck, I felt myself stare at myself inside my head. How many many times have I heard people who love me say, you don't need another helping of that. It's the damnedest thing about this addiction. It's cunning and baffling and crazy smart because there's this cycle. Something triggers me to feel bad. That triggers me to want to self-soothe with food. But getting my fix requires submitting myself to shame and self-loathing. Once I get the food, there's a brief yum moment, and then the cone of shame descends. But that ever so brief moment of yum is strong. It's the only moment of yum I may have in an otherwise sad and lonely day. But Barbara, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. I'm working at other ways to find that high, that yum factor, other ways to soothe myself, other things to do when I'm stressed or lonely or sad. Or sad. I read this book every day, and I hear some new person on this meeting say some nugget of wisdom, and I feel so good about things. Perhaps I am doing some good for myself and even for another person. I recognize that I am changing ever so slowly, and that's where the patience comes in. I write my evening review, I read my message, and I'm happy that I have some new thoughts that don't include food, and I'm happy to be doing things to try and help others who suffer from this disease as well. Just for today, I want to use the wisdom this program has for me. I want to use all the tools and support that's here to give me the courage to do the next right thing. And above all, I want to go through my day with my head up, not down. I want to be happy and have some pride in what I do. I don't want to look at the tops of my shoes anymore. They're really not that interesting anyway. I want to look up hold my head up, and wave bye-bye to that cunning and baffling disease because this program has made me smarter and braver and stronger and has given me back my life. It's my safe haven. May you too be smart and brave today and stop looking at your food. Congratulations to all of you for this beautiful program and the people who take all the time to make it happen for us. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Now, Batty, Hall of Famer, 
shortstop Cal Ripken. <laughs> I don't want to be an Oreo. I'd rather be a Cub. I'd rather be shortstop Ernie Banks, number 14. But who I am is Harlan G., a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This paragraph is extremely historically significant. We have Hank Parkhurst. And Hank Parkhurst is under the care of Dr. Howard. Dr. Howard was in Montclair, New Jersey. Hank lived in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is not important. But Dr. Howard is going to ask uh, Hank Parkhurst, what do you got on the ball? And what he means by that is, what's going on with you, Hank? How are you staying sober and my other patients cannot? And what he's going to find out in very early 1936 is he's going to find out that they're writing a book. And the book was written in 37 and 38, not early 36, I'm sorry, the end of 36. The book was written in 37 and 38. And one of the mimeographed copies of one of the chapters that you could probably get about $75,000 for if you had it now, he's going to find it. uh, Hank is going to give it to him. And he's going to go to Bill and he's going to say, Bill, I don't mean to be critical. You guys are doing some great work, but you can't write the book in the imperative. You have to write it in the declarative. What does that mean? Bill was writing a book in the imperative, meaning do this, don't do that, do this, say this, don't go there, don't do that. And Dr. Howard convinced Bill to write it in the past tense and to relate his his experience. These are the things we've seen. These are the things we've done. This is what we learned out of our experience. He says an alcoholic will not learn with a finger in his face. He will only learn by following your example. And Bill said, Dr. Howard, you're probably right. And the the whole thing of the book, except for Chapter 7, Chapter 7 is still in the imperative, but the whole rest of the book, except for parts of Chapters 8 and 9, are in the declarative, and it changed the entire atmosphere of the book so that it became more palatable. And Bill Wilson knew that each alcoholic, each addict, is an extreme example, not just of self-will run riot, but we are immature, sensitive rebels. We're immature, we're sensitive, and we're very, very rebellious. You tell us green, we'll tell you yellow. You tell us yellow, we'll tell you orange. And this is how Dr. How and this is how God worked to change the book and change the program and the fellowship that we love today so that it became much more palatable. So we thank God for Hank Parkhurst. We thank God for Dr. Howard. Tomorrow we're going to read about Dr. Russell Bladesdale, although his name isn't in here, and he was at Rockland State Hospital in New York, and and, uh, he's going to do some good work too. But this paragraph is extremely historically uh, important because it ended up changing the entire direction of the book. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, next up we have Sparkling Water, and then we'll take more names. Hey, Sparkle, good morning. Hi, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sparkle Eve from Georgia, and this is my absolute first time sharing on this line. 
Um, so I'm really excited and nervous. I just felt so compelled to share. I, um, you know, it talks about that one man and that recovers. And that is my biggest gift um, today and this week. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, throughout my whole OA career, but really I'm, I had, I just got a new vision sponsor, um, the other day and, you know, if it was, if she wasn't recovered, then she couldn't pass this beautiful gift onto me. And I'm so excited because, um, she asked me to make three calls a day and write down my food and send it to her every day. And I have never done that. I've been in OA for about two and a half years and worked with various sponsors and, and no one has ever asked me of that. And I freaked out, like, how the heck can I make three calls a day? And how can I write down my food every single day and send it to you? That just seems insane. And yesterday, you know, I tried it. And surprisingly, I was met with such, you know, I've called people before, but I don't know, this time and calling another fellow um, in vision, it was just, it was magical. It, and I could see why that would work. And, you know, this morning, I, um, thanks to insomnia, insomnia is a gift too, apparently, because before this, I was waking up at nearly 10 every day. And because I've been experiencing insomnia, insomnia this past week, I've only averaged, you know, a few hours a night. Um, and that's great because <laughs> that means I could call into this meeting and be a part of this fellowship. And and I can also do my um, vision meetings um, every week that my sponsor asks of me. So anyway, this morning I had some time. I was like, well, maybe I should try writing down my food for the day. And I did it. And you guys, it was crazy. <laughs> um, I just can't believe that that this is happening for me. And, you know, it's it's just today. And, and I prayed this morning. I had time to pray and talk to my higher power. I meditated this morning while doing yoga, and that was amazing. I was able to send love and kindness to people in my life, and they'll never have any idea I did that for them, and that, that's okay because today I live out of self. Today I do my higher power's will. Today I, 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 don't, I don't stick to, to Sparkle's way of doing things and Sparkle's way of running the show and Sparkle this and Sparkle that. It's the Sparkle show is over. I'm sorry, but we are out of syndication. <laughs> and it's it's my higher power show now. And um, I don't know how much time it's been, but I think it's, it's a good time for me to pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. And thank you, everyone, for being on this line today. Wow, Sparkle, thanks. I hope you keep sharing. You're helping us. Okay, let's take some new names. Who, who would like to share? We're on page 163, second paragraph. Hi, Hi I am. Mary J. Mary, I got Mary J. Leah and New York. Is it Leah? Yes. Okay, I got you, Leah. I got Mary Leah. Who else? Phyllis. Was it Phyllis? At short for Philomena. Oh, Philomena. Hi, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just going to put Phil. Yeah, we can't even. You know, Phyllis Liz is easier. Liz, it might have been. Liz as well. Okay. Anybody Kathy else? G. Kathy, hey neighbor. Hey Larry. All right. Maybe one more. Or not. Okay. 
Well, here's who I heard. I heard Mary, uh, Leah, Philomena, Liz T, and Kathy G. So why don't we go with that group, and then we'll kind of see where we're at. Hey, Mary, good morning. And Mary, press star one, if you would. Okay. Hi, this is Mary J. from California. And I just want to express immense gratitude um, and the power of one. I have a sponsoree, and when I moved, lived in a hotel for, for two and a half months, my husband ended up in the hospital with a life-threatening issues, and all through it, I was floundering, and my sponsoree, because I kept my phone calls going, said, I have a phone number for you, for the vision for you, and even though you can't get to face-to-face meetings, try this meeting. And now since October 29th, I've been calling in and getting vision for you meetings, and it's been my lifeline. And through probably the hardest times of my life of not having a home, my husband being deathly ill, um, I was abstinent because I called in every morning and I listened to these meetings. And when I couldn't call in at 4 a.m. California time, I went on the archives. And so the power of one person, my sponsoree, giving me your number, and being able to listen to so much hope and love and strength and the beauty of program has been very, very, very strong through some hard times in my life. So it's just with a grateful heart that I'm sharing for the first time on this meeting. So thank you, Larry. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you, Lisa E. with an E. I'm getting to know all your names just by the joy of these meetings. And thank you very much. With that, I pass. Mary, what a great share. I hope you keep sharing. It's just awesome. Thank you so much. And Leah, you're next, followed by uh, uh, Finlamine. Hey, Leah, how are you? Leah, press uh, star one. Now I think you can hear me. Hi, everyone. Yeah, there you are. Thanks. My name is Lee. I'm calling from New York. Um, thank you for leading. Uh, I don't. It's so weird being on a call, not knowing who's out there. If Melanie is on this call, thank you for inviting me. Um, um, and I'm just to be clear. Uh, I'm brand new on this call, first time speaking, and my hope is to leave my phone number somewhere and. If people have uh, experience in, with um, their step one after I speak, uh, I'd love a call or I can make the call. Um, I'm 40 years old. I came into OA when I was 20 through a food addiction outpatient program that really embraced this idea that there were alcoholic foods that led to the phenomenon of craving. And over the 20 years, I've come in and out and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this to explain why I left OA because, you know, I did it, every, I've had every kind of sponsor, uh, way to measure my food, called my food in, wrote a nightly 10 step. And I think someone just said recently when, you know, you put the finger in the person's face, they say no. I think, I don't know, I can't figure it out, but constant relapser. I'm a violent, violent binger. Uh, the deepest form of self-harm, the sort of like needle-in-my-arm crackhead version is 
um, you know, the premeditated bags and boxes of food, whole foods and drawing the curtains and the shades and just completely going out of life. Um, so I could live my whole life without that behavior and, and from a step one perspective, feel comfortable with that. But even with putting down that behavior, there's like a thousand and other tenants of this um, disease for me that create insanity and basically keep me living small. And I can't quite see my blind spot. Um, I certainly know there's areas of restriction and exercise addiction and, you know, other things that basically block the voice of God. So over this quarantine, I've had access, as many of us have, to various Zoom meetings all over the country. I've been able to hear mostly in AA, uh, just to be quite honest, um, uh, a message of God that has literally ignited my body because under, when I'm feeling frightened, you know, I, I'm a therapist, I'm a health coach, I don't have to tell you all the things. I've done every trauma work and every seance and every this and every that. And I understand that when I don't feel safe in my body, when I'm feeling at, um, a, a lack of ease and comfort, that um, I look outside myself to soothe myself. I also just want to say, if anyone relates, I was thin my whole life, dancer, food was never a problem. It's not a problem for anyone else in my family. But as a result of this disease, I've been up to probably, I don't know, like 180 pounds, like very, very overweight for someone like me that usually feels like they should be on the cover of a fitness magazine. And that experience was so tra traumatic, um, feels like a nightmare, that those feelings of being that overweight are like in my body. So what happens is something will happen, and it used to take a binge, but now it could just be a thought or a feeling or a trigger, and I will recreate, I feel as if I am that 200 pounds again. And the part of me has to go, something's off here. There's not, I didn't, what, how, what bad did I actually do to, to create those feelings? Um, and so something is off there. And to me, under all of that, under, you know, the wanting to have the six cup of coffees in a row, I could binge on iceberg lettuce. It's not 20 years later for me, it's not just about sugar flour or wheat. That said, under all of that, I know is a connection to God. And I'm going through the book with this woman who they're part of this sect of AA that is just so a gentle, spiritually sound. Just a reminder. It's time. Yeah, we do about three minutes. I hate okay, to cool. chime in. No, <laughs> please. I think I said enough of my story as a newcomer. If, <laughs> how do I get my phone number out there? Do I say it right now? Yeah, Leah. Well, no, no, no. We, what we do is hang around for the second hour. We, uh, they're going to go, go over the whole thing, and we're going to leave numbers, and sponsor numbers, all that cool. good stuff. So if you, if you can, do that. And, okay. uh, Leah, buckle Just, up. Sorry, I just want to wrap this up and say that through the doctor's opinion, though, I'm now at a crossroads again at to sort of what my step one really is. And um, I'm like 20 years later, I'm like confused. So um, if someone wants you're to have that right kind place. of conversation. Yeah, you're in the right place, Leah. They took me in and, you know, so here, there's room for you, too. Uh, okay, Philomena, how are you? Hey, Phil, press, press star one. Oh, sorry about that. Hi, Larry. I'm grand. And like everybody else here, I like to be as happy as Larry. 
you're very happy. Thank you for your service, Larry, and for everybody else who's making this meeting possible. Um, so I, I, this is a wonderful uh, uh, paragraph, you know, where this psychiatrist who was able and very anxious to help, he had undertaken some responsibility for the mental health in the community and our community is the globe. So these steps invite us to do that too. And that takes courage. We're going to help, you know, people with mental health issues and other issues. And he asked him, what do, did he have on the ball? What do we have on the ball? So this, to me, sounds like an act of passing of the ball, you know. Um, our stories of recovery, our various tips. And like a game, do you know that we're playing with our recovered friends? It's energizing and it's fun. So I'd like to pass on a small tip that I have recently started to do. And I write my gratitude each day in an alphabetical order. Today, it was a turn of K's. And I really struggled with K's. And when I was preparing for this, it occurred to me, kittens and kites. If anybody can think of others, great. And yesterday, I had J. And J uh, could stand for jelly belly. And it doesn't mean a jammy belly, it means like a wobbly belly, and it's okay. In my recovery, it is decreasing, but if it doesn't disappear into my idea of perfection, that's okay. My tummy is yummy. I am yummy. And so are you. We are not a glum lot. And with that, I think I'll pass. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. We're not. Okay, we have um, Liz T. followed by Kathy G. Hey, Liz, good morning. Hi, Larry. Good morning. My name is Liz T., recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And um, I just have some notes here about Hank P., um, that he was, he was um, the first man Bill W. was successful in sobering up after returning from his famous trip to Akron where he met Dr. Bob. And so Hank was number AA number two in New York, um, and he was a businessman in New Jersey, Standard Oil Company of New Jersey, and he was helpful in writing uh, the Chapter 10 to employers. So I found that that information interesting too, and his story is in the first edition on page 359, The Unbeliever. Um, but in today's reading today, I just kind of zoned in on that part about um, the psychiatrist inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? And I looked that up and that means that the phrase on the ball means alert to ideas, methods, and trends. And so he was curious how, how Hank was staying sober. And prior to that, um, have, you know, having a workable method of handling the situation. Um, and that's that's where I had to be too, also at step one. When I put down the food, the alcoholic ingredients, I become curious how this can work for me too. If it's working for my sponsor for many, many years, um, she's working with others for many, many years, how, how could it possibly work for me too? And so in step two, I start, um, coming to believe that there's a power greater than myself that could also restore me to sanity, like it's actually possible for me. 
um, I'm not so um, unique that it, it couldn't work for me. But that desperation comes with the pain of being out in the food and being alone, jittery and alone. And the hope comes from the message we get from our recovered fellows that there is a solution, that I don't have to stay stuck in the problem my whole life. Um, There is a way out and there's hope. And so that's what was resonating with me here today. And um, that if it could be possible for Hank and for Bill in those early early years, it can be possible for all of us and we just have to be willing to be done with the food, put it down, have its little funeral, identify those ingredients that are killing us and behaviors that are killing us and be willing to open ourselves to a power greater than our, than us. And we can thank Hank for coming up with that terminology too. Um, he was adamant against the word God and wanted it to be um, just stated, you know, a spiritual method. Um, so that opened up more doors to anyone with various religious beliefs that this can be, that we can recover regardless of our, our, um, faith or religious standings, that uh, we can be agnostic, we can be atheist, that there's no discrimination in this program. And what a beautiful thing, um, we, we need that in today, today's world as much as we needed it back in the 1930s. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Here he comes. That's Kathy's clown. Hey, Kathy. Nice, Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Kathy D. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Illinois. And uh, I'm in my garden this morning, so beautiful this morning, and I wish I could beam you all in, not even kidding. Coffee at the garden with a candle, my pots blooming, and the colors and the birds and bird feeders that are filled with food and just feeling the air and being present to everything around me. And, And I mention that because that is, Like I was thinking, what do I have on the ball today? You know, he talked about, um, he was going to ask this guy, you know, check out what he had on the ball. And I thought, what I have on the ball today is a transformed life as a result of deep spiritual pursuit and working the 12 steps. And I am so incredibly grateful to be here with you today, looking out over such beauty and being available for it. And I think I brought that up because it's, oh, and I also wanted to welcome the newcomers. I wanted to welcome, let's see, there was Larry and Sparkle and it was Leah or Leah and and just everyone who's new on the line because you reminded me that when I first got on this line in the spring of 17, I was actually in the garden. I remember I was in the front yard. I'm in the back right now. And I... And I was on my headset just for hours and hours of meetings uh, because I couldn't even believe what people were saying about being recovered. And, and it's what really got me, you know, on the ball. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for the transformation that can take place. So welcome to all of you. But back to the garden, the miracle of it is, is that I was a person who didn't even used to like to touch the dirt or deal with weeds or any of it. And when you think about it, it's just a great analogy for recovery. You know, there's a lot of weed pulling to do. 
and we have these 12 steps and, you know, it's an intense process. But if we just keep showing up like one weed at a time, you know, dig a little deeper, transplant a bush, whatever you have to do, like the day comes. We get to sit here with a candle lit and behold the beauty around you. And it's, oh, God, it's, it's just so worth it. So I just encourage all of you to keep going. Hang on for the second meeting when you can. Leave your numbers. Reach out to others. I'm Kathy with a C, last initial, first initial, last name G in Illinois. Um, you know, happy to hear from you. So thanks, Larry. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks, Kathy. Okay, we got we have time for uh, perhaps two, uh, maybe three more shares. Uh, we're on page 163, the second paragraph. Who would like to uh, to jump in? Linda D. Karen G. Linda D. And Karen. Uh, something A U. Beth U. Beth. Oh, Beth. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's go with uh, Linda followed by Karen. Beth, we'll see if we have time. Linda, you just crack me up. I'm sorry, you just do. <laughs> you just do. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. Uh, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. Um, wow. Um, what, a, what a phenomenal meeting with all the newcomers and Kathy G. in the garden. God, I can relate to you. That's the amazing thing. The word God that I hated that word, and I wouldn't admit that to anybody because, boy, that's not socially acceptable in 1982 or maybe even today. That's when I came in. And I was an atheist, didn't want to be, and so scared that I bypassed being such a smartass, so overeducated with all of these books, the self-help books, they're wonderful but I could not use them because I hated who I was and I was looking for to solve it intellectually because that's what you learn, but that's not what life's about. Life is about love and it's about intuition and that's not a corny thing. That's real and that's what I found. By, I found God. I found that energy. Let's call it energy, that power within by doing the simple things that I was taught in OA and I did it higgledy piggledy the best I could till I got to um through the grace of God uh two visions and not that visions is separate it's just very very clear this is what you do this is how you do it and do it like your hair is on fire thank you Harlan because your hair is on fire. And that's what works. My goodness, isn't that incredible? After all these years, 76 years old, I'm having a ball. And believe me, life is not pretty. We know that about, you know, COVID and all the BS. But I'm having a ball because I'm doing, I'm listening. I'm listening inside and I'm listening to the ideas outside, and I'm doing them when I don't want to also. And that's why they call it patience, not fun. It takes patience to grow and courage, and I get that from all of you. Thank you. I pass. 
Thanks, Linda. Guys, if you don't have any hair, your your scalp will melt too. It's, it works the same way. Hey, Karen. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Larry. This is Karen G from New Jersey. Very gratefully recovered today, and I also want to thank Kathy. Just the description of that card and just put a huge peace over me this morning as I'm driving to the dentist and trying not to think about that. So thank you for that, and and a really big thank you. Um, to the newcomers for coming on the line. I also want to welcome you, and, and I'm newly recovered. Um, so I, I can talk from that perspective. And I'm also not a historian, but I will say that what stood out to me in this particular paragraph was just thinking about an AA member, just like me, living in a large community, thinking about like, well, we certainly have a large community called our world, uh, with a lot of people, call it more alcoholics per square mile than any city, we have so many people that are struggling with their weight, compulsive overeaters or not. Um, and, and I didn't really know what the, the sentence that the authorities were much concerned meant. But when I thought about that as it relates to our community, um, I know that there's government authorities and doctors and all kinds of professionals out there that are concerned with the obesity epidemic, especially in this country. Um, and it got me thinking about a recent experience I had and something I did a 10th step on, um, which was that as somebody newly recovered and, you know, really happy with where my weight is and, and really, you know, able to really kind of live life on a spiritual basis, for the first time, understanding what that connection to God really means to me and how it can help me solve all my problems. I was, um, I was experiencing a, uh, let's say, a little discontentment at work when um, people would comment on my weight. And it made me uncomfortable, uncomfortable because, you know, I'm trying, and again, I'm taking my self-will back, but I am trying to eliminate my obsession with my weight through this program. And of course, whenever I try to do something, that's just me taking, you know, taking my self-will back and not relying on God. And so here's the beauty of this meeting, right? So what do I hear? What do I hear? I hear that this, this AA got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist um, who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. And, you know, and I, and I'm, putting my name out there, trying to, you know, find a sponsee to work with. And, you know, it struck me that based on the meeting today and hearing about all the people who said, you know, just that one person and the ripple effect and you don't know, and the elevator speech that we can come up with about our own experience, that in my day-to-day -day life, if somebody gives me a comment, I can totally pivot that from being disturbed by it to seeing it as an opportunity to share my elevator speech and maybe, just maybe, find someone or spark someone's interest that could help them in some way, plant the seed, as so many people say. And so I just wanted to just say how grateful I am to everybody on this meeting, everybody who shared today, because it really is inspiring. It really is helpful. Here's a real live example where this program has helped me and um, I gratefully pass. Uh, thanks so much, Karen. Hey, Beth, is this my daughter, Beth? 
I, can't, I didn't think you'd be up until noon. Beth, can you wait till the second hour to share? Um, I know that Jody will call on you. Um, we're, we've run out of time here, so thanks for getting up so early here. Uh, okay. Um, well, thank you uh, to everyone, uh, you know, for, for being on the line with us this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. That number is 14,832. That's 14832. And so now we're going to close with the reading from the big book. You get, you get a special reader. Uh, this guy, I like this guy, Leon B. Hey, Leon, <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Larry. Leon B. Gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will pass. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.